Welcome to On Mission, the teaching ministry of the Mission Church in Irvindale. We exist to love God by loving others, leading them to become fully functioning followers of Christ Jesus. Join Pastor Mike as he teaches through the Gospel of Luke. It was a common thing to include a visiting teacher or rabbi in the service, and so it's not uncommon uh, that he would be asked to participate. He was handed the scroll that contained the writings of the prophet Isaiah. And it seems very clear here in the text that he didn't go in and ask for it. That's what the attendant there handed to him. So he took what was given to him. And as I think about that, and I think about the whole thing that Jesus is going to unveil here, I'm having to ask the question, I wonder if the Holy Spirit was involved in that. Did the Holy Spirit move upon that person or upon the leader of that day to include that in the order of service? I'm not sure. But I say it's a pretty safe bet that the Spirit did prompt that. And as Jesus took the scroll and he opened to what we now refer to as chapter 61, verses 1 and 2, I want you to take note today of what it says about the Holy Spirit. Jesus begins to read, The Spirit of the Lord is upon me. Because he, the Spirit, has anointed me to proclaim good news to the poor. He, the Spirit, has sent me to proclaim liberty to the captives and recovery of sight to the blind, to set at liberty those who are oppressed, and to proclaim the year of the Lord's favor. Notice it was the Spirit. Jesus said the Spirit is on me. Of course, he's reading the, the, the prophet's words from Luke, or, or excuse me, from Isaiah. And the report tells us that after he read that scripture, that he rolled up the scroll, he handed it back to the attendant, and he sat down. Now, sitting down was the manner in which they taught at that time. They didn't stand up behind a lecturing podium like we do today. Uh, They sat down, and from that position of sitting, they would teach. And Luke says that the eyes of everyone, or uh, Isaiah says that the eyes of everyone, Luke says that the eyes of everyone was fixed on Jesus. And he began his talk. I'm going to assume that he was the one who was going to bring the message that day. And he begins his talk by saying, today this scripture is fulfilled in your hearing. What did he mean by that? Well, there is no mistake about it. Jesus, in this particular case, is claiming that the me that is written about there in Isaiah 61 is actually himself. He is making the claim that what the prophet had written and the me that the prophet had been speaking about was actually him. He, Jesus, was the one who would preach the gospel to the poor. He would be the one who would heal the brokenhearted. He would preach deliverance to the captives. He would give recovery of sight to the blind. He would preach the acceptable year of the Lord. That's what he was claiming. I'm the me in the passage. Now next week we're going to continue on because this doesn't just cut off to something else. There's a continuing storyline here and we'll talk about what all that, that uh, those, those ministries are, are all about next week. But today, what my, my deal is today is I want you to see the how. How 
would Jesus do these things that he's claiming that Isaiah said the Messiah would do? And that brings us to truth point number two. The text is very clear. He would do these things through the indwelling power and presence of the Holy Spirit. The Spirit would literally act as the wind in his sails, filling him with power beyond the flesh, driving him toward his purpose of becoming the sacrifice for human sin. Uh, Jesus clearly talks about, Isaiah clearly talks about the Spirit being upon him, the Spirit anointing him, and the Spirit sending him. That brings us to truth point number three. Apart from the Spirit's involvement, the work that Jesus would undertake would have been done in human flesh, which does not have the resource for spiritual work. Well, I wished I had the, the ability today to just take the time to really unpack this concept because it is so important in the modern day church today. We, we, we don't give much thought to the Spirit And just about any time we're called upon to do ministry, our default mode is to try to do it in the ability and the power of our flesh. We we use our intellect. We rely on our talent. We rely on our gifts. And we hope then that something great will happen. Well, what I want you to understand this morning is that ministry done in the flesh only has the power of the flesh to make it effective. And the flesh really has no power for spiritual ministry. The flesh can can plant a crop and grow it. The flesh can meet someone and develop a relationship. The flesh can, can, can cook a meal. The flesh can do a lot of things. But when it comes to ministry, true, real ministry, the flesh has nothing to offer. And that's why Scripture teaches us that it's important that as we come to our lives as followers of Jesus and we seek to witness or we seek to disciple or we seek to do whatever ministry he may put in in front of us, we need to come at that from the idea that I am here to be used by the Spirit of God. I need to operate. I need to be thinking and doing and speaking as the Spirit is moving upon me because when the Spirit is part of the ministry, you have the power of God upon it. Now, the point that I want to drive home this morning is this, that if Jesus required the indwelling presence and power of the Holy Spirit to accomplish what the Father had for him, how much more do we need his presence and power to just walk with Christ, much less fulfill his purposes within us? How much more? Throughout the gospel, we see The Spirit prompting Jesus to go to this region or to read that passage or to preach this message or to heal that person or to train these disciples. Do you realize Jesus did not pick the disciples based on his flesh? He prayed all night before he he selected them. It was the Spirit who was driving him and bringing him into the presence of those whom God wanted him to select. Jesus did nothing of his own accord, 
but only what he saw the Father doing and what the Spirit moved upon him to do. Thank God the same Spirit that led Jesus in his life and ministry lives within each of us who follow Jesus, and his power is available to drive our life and ministry as well. Now that concept I'm talking about there is called being filled with the Spirit. Being filled with the Spirit. The Apostle Paul writes about the believer being filled with the Spirit in Ephesians chapter 5 and verse 18. Listen to what Paul said. He says, Do not be drunk with wine, which will ruin your life, but be filled with the Spirit. Why the... <laughs> Why the introduction of drunkenness on alcohol before the encouragement to be filled with the Spirit? Well, because there is a comparison somewhat. You know, when you get drunk, I'm not going to ask how many of you have ever been drunk, okay? But those of you who have, you kind of know, or at least those around you know, that you're not quite yourself. You're under the influence Alcohol is doing something. It's either bringing the rage out or it's bringing out the funny guy or it's bringing out the, the lazy person who sleeps. I mean, it, it impacts people always different. But, but the bottom line is that when you take on too much alcohol, you come under the influence and it becomes the driving force rather than your own good conscience. You understand what I'm saying? And there's much... It's much the same when we live a life filled with the Spirit. When we allow the Spirit to fill us, then it is the Spirit who is prompting. It is the Spirit who is moving. It is the Spirit who is empowering. It is the Spirit who is encouraging and not the flesh. Let me give you truth point number four. Being filled with the Spirit. This is important for those of you who have no idea what I'm talking about. Being filled with the Spirit isn't about getting more of the Spirit inside of you. It's about giving more of yourself to Him. If you want to know how to be filled with the Spirit, it's not about coming down to the altar and begging for Him to overtake you. It's not about reading more Scripture or giving more money or sitting in a certain position, or, or, or fasting a certain number of days. That's really not what it's about. Because here's the bottom line, folks. Listen to me carefully. If you are born again today, if you are a follower of Jesus Christ, you have all of the Holy Spirit you're ever going to get. You have Him 100% in you. So it's not about getting more of Him. It's about Him getting more of you. He may be in there, but he's a gentleman. He doesn't force you. In fact, he allows you to make decisions. We'll talk more about those decisions in a minute. But as you surrender more of yourself to him, you find his promptings and his moving and his control becoming more and more of who and what you're all about. Now let me tell you, what Galatians has to say about being filled with the Spirit, and when you give yourself to the Spirit, what He's going to do. He is going to work in the depths of your innermost being to begin rooting out things like 
sexual immorality, impurity, sensuality, idolatry, sorcery, enmity, strife, jealousy, fits of anger, rivalries, dissensions, divisions, envy, drunkenness, orgies, and the like. That all came right out of the Bible. Those are the things he's going to begin to root out of your life. He's going to begin to take those things and move them out. But he's going to replace them with things that are very positive. And those things are called the fruit of the Spirit. As you surrender yourself to the Spirit's control in your life, you will begin to see his fruit in full bloom. Things like love and joy and peace and patience and kindness and goodness, faithfulness, gentleness, self-control. Do you notice a big difference between the two lists? One is called the works of the flesh. It's what the flesh defaults toward. The other is called the fruit of the Spirit. It's where the Spirit lives. This is On Mission. The Mission Church is located at 12001 Ridgemont Drive in Urbandale. To learn more about our ministry, visit our website at themissiondsm.org or call us at 515-255-2122. We gather for worship each Sunday at 10 a.m. We would be honored for you to join us. Have a blessed day, and thank you for listening to On Mission.